0: Welcome to The Reload for Unconventional Leaders, where we help you craft the life you truly want by questioning the assumptions that you have about how life works. My name is Sean, and I'll be your host on this journey. And we're back. Thank you, as always, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me in another discussion. Last week's show with Omri Agam was sensational, and... It definitely inspired some thoughts, not just in myself, hopefully, but also in the folks that listen to the show. But there were certain reflections that I had on the conversation that dovetailed in with some of the things that I'm observing and have observed throughout my life, both in my own personal experience and the experiences of my clients, the experiences of friends and family. And so I thought... It would be worthwhile to maybe sort of loop back on a couple of those points from last week's show and give it a perhaps a little bit greater emphasis. Now in this case, I'm, I'm really truly hoping to keep this to a pretty short show. I know that uh, my track record on predicting show length has been terrible, but for today, I'm, I'm hoping to just really zero in on kind of one key point. And that key point is that you are choosing your own suffering. And before we go too much further, one of the things that I want to be able to clarify or, or to make explicit is that I'm not saying that to be callous, and I'm not saying that from a place of animosity or In any way, you know, approaching this from an uncaring position, I care very greatly. um, That probably didn't come out right. I care a lot (laughs) for the individuals that are in my life, whether it's on the professional front as a coach working with clients or whether it's with individuals who share my life on a sort of friends and family basis. And so what I'm about to dig into is the same Information or the same internal process that I've had to go through myself. And not just once, but I, you know, I guess you could say I'm a slow learner because I've had to do this multiple times. And quite likely will continue to do so over the span of my life because it's so easy for us to fall back into this trap of choosing suffering. And there's a there's a book out there written by, uh, I guess you would call her a coach, I don't know, if she would call herself that, but Byron Katie, and I've mentioned this book before, and it's, it's a book that, the title of which is Loving What Is, and she's written several books. Another one that is perhaps even more challenging than Loving What Is, is A Mind at Home With Itself. And part of the reason why Byron Katie shows up on Oprah and, you know, sort of all these top-notch media outlets is because she actually has quite a large following and has been able to help thousands of people around the world over the course of doing her work. But it's also something that can be very confronting. And many people who try to access Byron Katie's work, which she calls the work, really struggle to get to the heart of that exercise. And in my work, I I tend to introduce this, her model, which she makes freely available on her website. And I guess I will link to that in the show notes, but I tend to introduce that model late in the 12 month coaching engagement that I do with my clients because quite frequently they're really not in a position to really, truly, fully take responsibility for themselves even though they are people of tremendous accountability and tremendous responsibility in their work life. They run businesses, they run divisions or departments. And so there is this element where they are deeply familiar with the concept of responsibility, but they haven't yet allowed that concept to sink into the sort of emotional and intuitive level especially as it relates to the inner demons of their life. So typically this model that I you know borrow from Byron Katie is something that that it's it just it, people have such a hard time wrapping their heads around it and even though there are books that she has written to explain the model to help people see uh, different ways of applying the model different anecdotes that come from the experiences of the people that she's worked with where it gives you an opportunity an opportunity to see where and how the details of other people's lives have come to play in in this mental model or this framework but despite all these books being out there it it's it's really challenging for people to get to a place where they can Truly love what is. Now, that may not seem all that challenging until you put it in the context of having just been kicked in the face, figuratively, by life, and having been issued something by life that feels very uncomfortable and is the antithesis of the thing that you say you want. And it hits you, and you're just, you, you just, rebel and you recoil and you want to say no and you want to shut it all out. and You want to blame anybody but yourself for the way things are. And so oftentimes I try to reach a place of accepting what is. And perhaps that's a cop out. Perhaps that's punting down the road. But again, it, we have to kind of meet ourselves. And as a coach, I have to meet my clients where they are. And quite frequently loving what is, is simply too much. It's, it's too inaccessible. But one of the things that Omri was saying in last week's episode was this idea that we can recognize that life happens for us. And that that actually requires you choosing So where do we introduce suffering? We introduce suffering when we resist what is. And quite frequently, what we see when we encounter this resistance, and by we, I mean coaches, generally, therapists, these practitioners, but then also sometimes the clients themselves, where they can recognize in real time, or at the very least during the session, that they are resisting the conditions that have presented themselves. And it's in that resistance where the circumstances don't match what we had previously envisioned that we introduce a a a delta a gap and in that gap we perceive a sense of foreignness and in its threatening And what can be really confusing for some people is the fact that this this vision of what they had, or what they wanted to have, I should say, that that is oftentimes subconscious. Sure, there's going to be conscious things that people latch on to. They want to have a nice car, a big house, um, an attractive partner. They want to be successful in their career. They want the corner office. They... You know, and there are certain things that are, I think, pretty explicit and obvious for people that are on the professional track, but then there are other elements that that sit below the surface and that hang out in the shadows, so to speak. And they're the things that, that create, uh, I guess, the deeper sense of safety and security and the deeper sense of worth. And where is it that we are connected to a sense of worth? Versus the opposite. And it's oftentimes those subconscious desires, those subconscious drivers that are connected to where it is that we feel our sense of worth versus where we don't, that really truly create an image in our subconscious of what we're looking for. And then when life hands us circumstances that don't match that, we suffer So one of the things that I think came out in that discussion with Omri is this idea of choosing and how powerful that choosing actually is. Whether you believe that life happens for you or that life happens to you, which again is something that I've talked about in previous episodes. This is a matter of your choosing. It's in your power to make one path or the other, your reality. Your perception is your reality. Because it's what you believe. And it's all too easy to invite yourself to your own pity party. And when you do that, to try to make this episode immediately practical... When you are inviting yourself to your own pity party, it can be really useful to write down the question, why have I invited myself to my own pity party? What's missing? Now, for most people, they start off listing the things that are very superficial. And by that, I mean the things that are on the surface well, I didn't get the promotion or my relationship is breaking up or I didn't get the guy or the girl that I was hoping for, or we didn't get the round of C funding that we were looking for. And all of that makes sense. All of that is perfectly valid, but it's not the deeper driver. And for those who have been listening to this show, you know that we're always trying to get to that deeper driver. We're trying to understand where is it that we're feeling threatened at a deep level. Not getting the funding or not getting the partner that you're hoping for triggers what? A sense of rejection? A sense of instability? Uncertainty? A sense that you're really not as valuable as you thought you were. And the list goes on. But fundamentally, getting clarity on what it is that's really missing from your existence, or at least what you perceive to be missing, is the, the true first step in trying to fix or address, I don't really like to use the word fix because it implies that somehow we're broken, When in reality, we're just moving through a process. But to get individuals closer to the life that they want to live requires that inner awareness. And it also requires an inner awareness of something that often feels like a slap to the face. Especially when it comes out in a coaching session. Because there are times when, as a coach, I'm not going to sound empathetic. There are times when I'm going to sound quite challenging. Because it's the challenge, it's being called out, that will sometimes help somebody wake up and recognize their own strength, their own power to make their life better. But that it requires them to bite down. Because the simple reality is life is not concerned with making you feel good. And all too frequently, humans, myself included, want to feel good. And it makes sense. It makes sense that we want to have this experience that just somehow inherently feels good. Yeah, you know, we wake up, we feel like we slept all right, or we slept good. <laughs> and the day seems like it's got many wonderful things in store for us. And it feels like life is smiling on us. Life doesn't give a shit. Now, I do believe that life happens for me, but I have no illusions that life is trying to make me feel good. There are all kinds of lessons that I've had to learn over the course of my life, and that I've watched my clients have to learn as well, that are very painful. And oftentimes, we amplify that pain by choosing suffering, because we don't Allow ourselves to accept what is. That we had a vision of what we were hoping for, and now we are nowhere near that vision. But the beauty of being able to identify these moments in life where the vision of what we had in mind is so far away from what we perceive to be the reality is that it creates a red flag. And that red flag allows us to interrogate ourselves. Where is it that perhaps our perception is off? And we actually are closer to the vision that we had than we were originally thinking. And this frequently plays out when people believe themselves to be powerless and yet come to see all the ways in which they have been empowering themselves Throughout their existence. And this is something that. We talked about last week with Omri. Is this idea that. He had a lot of judgment about his inner child. Specifically because of the ways he felt. That when he was an actual child. That he wasn't showing up with strength. That he wasn't showing up with. Power. And knowing what I know about his history. Sure. I can see how he might think that, but I was also able to see the ways in which, as a child, he continually attempted to make it through, to survive, to try to optimize for tomorrow. And yet we are all too frequently blinded from that. And so... Kind of step two here, once you get past the awareness phase that life is not concerned with making you feel good, step two can be to catalog the ways in which you, as a child, attempted to make things better for yourself or bonus points for others and yourself. And to be able to see how those strengths have carried themselves forward in your life. Right along with your inner demons. There's two sides to every coin, And which side you choose to focus on often determines and predicates the experience that you have. And frequently, like I said, we invite ourselves to our own pity party and we, we mire ourselves down amongst the inner demons. Which I think is fine from an awareness perspective to understand, okay, well, this is the thing that's standing in my way, or these are the belief structures that I want to overcome. But for the love of God, give yourself some credit too, and give yourself some acknowledgement that you made it this far for a reason. And I don't mean that in the sense of, oh, you have this great quest ahead of you, (laughs) although you might. That there were factors and reasons inside of you, inside of this organism that is attempting to make it to tomorrow. And that that is a source of strength. So give yourself some of that that love. Give yourself some of that self-empowerment. Another piece that I think is helpful when people get slapped in the face by life is to... Really, at, at, at the bottom line, just ask yourself, what do you want for yourself? Do you want to live a life that is empowered? Or do you want to live a life that is filled with victimization? Filled with things being out of reach. Filled with things not being possible for you. It's possible for the other person. Oh, but you know, not not you, certainly not you. And take a look at the language that you use with your friends, with your family, or if you have a coach or a therapist with them and really take a look at that language. Is it getting you closer to the life that you want to have? And if it's not. What do you want instead? When you look at how life is not matching the vision that you have for yourself, and you think about the ways in which your lack of acceptance of what is keeps holding you back, try to write out, and this is part three, I suppose, write out what would be possible if you were to just accept the conditions that you find yourself in now whether that's a relationship that's flaming out whether that's a business that's self-destructing whether that's losing someone to COVID-19 or some other cause there's all kinds of things that can cause injury. And they are what you are facing. And I really wish that you weren't. And I say that not just as a coach, but also as somebody that has gone through a great deal of loss and who has suffered (laughs) a great deal of injury. And someone who has actually many times over chosen suffering with the way that I was thinking about things and the wording that I used with myself and others. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to want to receive nurturing and care from others. You don't have to go it alone. But somewhere in here, you. get to access your own power. The power of choosing that at the end of the day, you want something better for yourself. And that you actually can bring yourself to accept what is so that you can get to a place of closure and you can begin to really focus on building that better tomorrow that is more aligned with who you are and what you really want out of this life. Because it's all too short. Even for those who live to 100 years, it is still all too short. We have such tremendous capacity to be able to experience wondrous things. these things inside of us called emotions and how they come out when we observe that epic sunset or when we feel the touch of a loved one or when we stand on top of a mountain or some other (laughs) wonderful view and we get to take in this tremendous landscape in front of us We can be so inspired by beauty, what we see, what we hear, all of that is out there. But at the end of the day, you have to choose it. And you have to figure out how it is that you want to choose life over suffering. So I think I did it today. Uh, This might be a record in terms of keeping things short and to the point. I really do hope you take these words to heart and I hope that these words help you even though they may seem callous or they may seem uncaring. They're not. But oftentimes the things that make us better don't necessarily make us feel good in the moment. And I absolutely want the best for you. So if you have been enjoying the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button or share it with people that you know. People you feel would benefit from this. People who might be facing a tough spot. Until next time, take care of each other.